Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yes, it's on! Welcome to Clicking Balls. My name's Josh. I'll be the host today because Heath's decided to go wandering around the bush in western New South Wales. Uh, joining me is Brenton, and uh, to keep the tradition alive, what's your highlight of the week? Well, I spent the weekend in Adelaide, actually. Um, started going there, catch up with some mates, missed one to see a gig. I'm supposed to leave at 9 o'clock in the morning, which is bright and early for me. Not really a fan <laughs> of getting up that early. Um, but yeah, flight got delayed by five hours. And first off, they started telling us because it was the fog. And we're like, all right, fair enough. You know, that makes sense. Um, and then the fog cleared, everyone else starts taking off, and we're still delayed. Like, by 45-minute slots as well. So you'd go back, sort of get comfortable, then go back to the gate. Not another 45 minutes. It's been on for five hours. And um, well, I get to Adelaide, um, uh, watching the. Got there at like, I don't know, maybe one thirty, two o'clock in the afternoon, which wasn't too bad because that's when I got to check in, but would have rather do something during the day. Yeah. Um, watching the, the news, and they're saying that there's a, a bomb scare at Adelaide Airport. Apparently, um, someone left a box in the, one of the toilets. Turns out there was a rabbit in the box, a fucking bunny rabbit in the box. What the. That- I have further questions. Yeah, like five hours in order to figure out the bunnies and the bomb. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe the bunny was packing like, I don't know, two kilos of heroin in his ass and just got really, really nervous about going to Melbourne. That's entirely possible. Uh, it would not surprise me at all. Those bunnies are fucking feral. But you're thinking, all right, so who's the bunny belong to? It's like, obviously, the magician is the first suspect. <laughs> so he's going to find someone wandering around. And it turns out there was a magician festival in Melbourne, maybe this weekend or coming up. So going around there seeing who's without their bunny what they've got to improvise with these days so yeah not really a highlight kind of a low light but you know that's what maybe you just do. to set up to a massive trick well that's what I was hoping um, still waiting for that trick to play out yet uh, certainly wasn't the, the crows at, uh, at uh, Adelaide Oval no, no. Uh, we'll get through that anyway what was your highlight um, well I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, punch-ons yep. and uh, we got to see a beautiful one between um, the Boomers and the Filipino team that I don't know if they've got a mascot or not. No. Well, pretty much all of the Philippines were there. Um, it's funny how... It's massive over there, apparently. But yeah, they black, love basketball it. is huge. But, I mean, they un- love it. understandable being an American settlement, pretty much. Yeah. But... Um, not quite the same when they're all, like, five foot four, though. Yeah, I did notice that. There was a couple of 
uh, American imports that were in Filipino gear. And look, we're not uh, Australia's not uh, innocent of that either. Our World Cup side is full of people with unpronounceable names who've only spent uh, a passing familiarity in an Australian city. But yep. um, yeah, the uh, I think it was a kick it or kick uh, kick or something like that. Yeah, um, one of his uh, one of his mates got fouled, so he came in with a flying elbow, which you know it's a bit over the top. Yeah, and then uh, Sobi got dragged behind the uh, ring and belted by about ten blokes laying the boots in. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Undertaker came out from underneath the apron yeah. and uh, snuck <laughs> it was a few one in. Of those but they all sort of uh, the rest. Thon Maker tried to do a spinning bird kick. A couple of flying knees there by the, by the big man. Yeah, it, it, none of them landed. It's a shit house technique. It was like every one of his limbs was a different Jackie Chan, and they were yeah. all connected and couldn't find a way to get to anyone. It pretty much looked like when a, when a new giraffe is born, when they yeah. try to like keep their feet. Yeah, it was pretty funny. And, you know, I don't know if he's spent more than a couple of days in Australia in the last decade, but he's wearing the green and gold, so good on the lad. I mean, we've seen a fair few of all-in brawls as well across many different platforms of sport. As far as all-in brawls go, this is one of the worst ones for actual proper legitimate fighting. That was terrible. Not that you want to analyse the fighting at all, but it's terrible that they did it. But holy shit, if you want to start a fight, at least know what you're doing. Well, the the only worst one I saw was during the, I think it was the uh, Italian uh, cycling, like the... Gyro di Italia yeah, or something, something shit. like that. Yep. Uh, a couple of gone in fights and Jesus Christ, it was ordinary. <laughs> like just wearing lycra and then spinning around in circles and flailing arms and it, it looked fucking terrible it was like Sam Punk is what you're saying yeah well, pretty much uh, except both of them did end up on the ground yep um, but yeah no that was uh, that was my highlight it was um, you know the the banter coming out of it was that there was more Filipinos throwing punches that hit Aussies than in the Manny Pacquiao versus Jeff Horn fight um, they were a bit sore about that I think probably still. not far off not far off at all um but yeah, uh, and the Filipinos have got the twenty twenty six World Cup for basketball as well. So interesting to see what happens interesting. there. Yeah, <laughs> especially if the home side all get suspended again by then. It is pretty funny on Twitter trying to watch the, all the Filipinos try and defend the actions. Well, if you look at the slow mo on this angle, he didn't really didn't really throw two elbows. It was just uh, it was just a hard foul, and that's like in the game. So the ref takes control of that. And like, eh, look, it was not in brawl. Like both parties are blame, but you emptied your bench and you still didn't win the fight. Yeah, I can see uh, the next Australian-Filipino game is going to have Mason Cox. It's going to have Aaron Sandilands. <laughs> going to be all these motherfuckers who just want to tear heads. Yeah, maybe throw Dusty in there for a couple. Bring some, bring some palm friends. offs. Yep. Are they to palm off in basketball? I'm sure you are. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. Yeah, we'll figure it. They can work it out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, well, you know, interesting round. Honestly, great round of footy. I thought it was a great round. Like, um, um, I need to watch all the games, but the ones that I did, even when I was out, I was keeping an eye on the score or one eye on the TV. Um, pretty interesting. I was staying uh, on Heinley Street in Adelaide, and they've got TVs with sound down pretty much like maybe four or five bars down the down the strip there. So mm. I managed to keep in touch with what's going on while having quality time with the missus. <laughs> um, so that was always handy. Thanks, Heinley Street. And the other thing is Heinley Street. It's turned into shisha bars and rubbin tugs. I don't know what happened there. Like, no more biker bars. Even the Berkeley's changed. Really? Um, yeah, so pretty much you've got out the... Bucket crime gangs for Asian crime gangs, which I mean, at least they're pride in the service. So I used to like the the historical bars I had there, like, even on Rundle Street with the Exeter and yeah, all that I think sort of thing. That's still there. Um, I hated the Austral because it was too fucking tiny. Yeah, that's still there. That's a shit house. But uh, the World's End was down Harley Street too. Yeah, that just got sold to something else. That, uh, that I couldn't believe it. They had a lineup, and well, not even a lineup. They had a lineup, but not justly so. They had the little um, partitions and uh, no one inside, but still making the girls line up at the front in the freezing cold. Good job, guys. Yeah. So, yeah, no, we're busy. No, you're fucking not. You're a mid-strip bar. Yeah, I, I don't understand that, especially when there's other options around. Yeah. 
Yeah. But, you know, whatever. I'm I wasn't going there. I used to work for a bloke that owned that place, and he was a cocksucker, so... Yep. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, um, Thursday night, another Thursday night game. We had uh, Richmond and Swans. Fucking great cracker of a game. It was really good. Um, yeah. I was actually a bit worried about this game, because Swans obviously have a good record at Etihad Stadium. Um, the weather wasn't going to play a role in it, because obviously it's uh, undercover. And I thought that the Swans were a real red-hot chance to knock us off, but Tigers just proved that, once again, they don't need Dusty this season to be able to um, bring that team home. He had a very quiet game, got well held by whoever was on him, and um, you didn't see much of him on the screen because he wasn't really doing a whole lot. But the rest of the team just chipped in and like a real big group effort. Um, third quarter and fourth quarter especially, I thought the Swans might have a chance of coming back, but no, they really put the put the lid on it. Yeah, I mean, two, two big things that came out of this uh, that harmed Richmond a lot were uh, obviously Conker's injury. Yeah, and look, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that tackle. No, no, it was fine. Um, Buddy twisted in the tackle, but that's what they're taught to do these days because yeah. you can't get in their back, you can't, you know, smear yeah. tackle them. So you've got to twist, and yeah. this is what can happen. That's it. And I think the news was it was a dislocation, not a fracture or a break or something like that, which sounds fucking painful. Yeah, but, uh, at least he might come back. You know, in the next ten years. Yeah, it was still. It, it didn't look right. His hundredth game as well, which took him. I don't know how old is he now. Probably twenty six or something. Yeah, he may not play 101 the way it looks, yeah. but uh, no, honestly, I think uh, the best way to avoid that sort of thing would be to allow, uh, to to not consider a push in the back if you're yep. chest to back with someone. Yeah. Because if you bit the hands in the back, yeah, push in the back. But if you've wrapped someone up and they fall forward, I don't think that should be pushing the back. No, I agree. I agree. And I thought um, a lot of this game revolved around the centre, and I thought it was a very hard-fought battle between um, both teams. Lots of sharking of Nankervis' free taps as well. So, obviously, Sydney had, uh, did their research about how to get the first use of the ball. It didn't really matter, though, because the back line was strong, and it wasn't just relying on Rance. Um, mm. It was a team effort. Um, Grimes, again. It's Grimes? Yeah. Hey, um, uh, Asprey, sorry. Asprey, I thought, stepped up and played a, a, one of his better games just to add his... Uh, his credits to our, our always improving backline. It was a bit ugly for a second there with uh, Rance and Buddy both deciding to dive at uh, at similar stages, actually. Yep. There was one where the ball was there and they both decided to try and put a bit of mayo on it. And yeah. it, uh, it didn't look good. Um, the funniest thing was the crowd was into it on both sides. Yeah. So every time Buddy or Rance got near it, which obviously playing on each other, the ball was getting towards them both at the same time. Mm. The crowd's going, dive! And you don't know whether they're calling it for Rance or for Buddy, but, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, and I, I mean, one, one time, Rance got pushed in the chest and didn't didn't dive, didn't fake for it. I was, I was proud of him. I thought it was a good effort. Well, when he got uh, pushed in the throat, I thought that was one that might get a bit of uh, bit of look at. Yeah, I mean, if it was anyone else, maybe. But uh, Rance did have his elbow and Buddy's throat as well, so I feel like that's just... Eye for an eye kind of thing. You let the one go. Oh, I thought it deserved at least two. Yeah. One that uh, I didn't actually see the result we, of. We played them in two weeks, though. Oh, so. right. <laughs> one that I didn't see the result of was Vlostin with his uh, back elbow into someone's cranium. He got one. Got one? Yeah, yeah. that's a fair call, too. Um, the other thing that came out of uh, this week was uh, Hampson retiring. Yep, yep. That's news to everyone because no one's seen him for two years, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, if you got the choice of, you know, Going playing footy with your mates or going home to Megan Gale. They're yeah. still together, I know. I'm assuming so. I think he knocked her up. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, you see, there, there's one where uh, old mate Barry Hall could have gotten even more trouble. Oh, Jesus, let's just, just let, let's just pop the brakes on that one. That one's coming up. <laughs> we'll get to that game. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought the inclusion or the return of Prestia was a massive advantage to the Tigers. It just gave them too many men for Swans to cover. 
Hmm. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, backline held up very well. Uh, Castagna and <clears throat> Castagna and um, this other young fellow up forward, uh, Lambert, played uh, another stellar game. This was uh, one of Lambert's best of the season, I thought. He got uh, yeah. three nice goals with 27 possessions. Yeah. Um, seven marks. And his marks were mostly inside 450. Yeah. And also, I mean, Jack obviously played one of his best games for probably this season and maybe the last as well, uh, taking big, strong marks, um, feeding the ball down to the young, young, smaller players running past. And definitely, yeah, I think he's shown that when he needs to, he steps that up. But he's such a team player that he can play any role that's required of him in that forward line. Yeah. But it was a good game to watch, though, because there was a lot of clean play and a yeah. lot of uh, very hard at the ball movement. Yep, and it was a four-quarter game. Like you expect uh, a lot of fatigue to come into the end of this game, but it just didn't happen, and that was on both sides. Mm. Richmond did ground them out though. Like uh, at the end of the third and start of the fourth, um, the Swans came back, and Richmond just yep. sort of said, "No, nah, we got this," and then uh, managed to grind it and uh, hold them up because they had a lot of possession in the yeah. early uh, early fourth quarter, and they just couldn't convert it on the scoreboard. And yeah. So then once they uh, tried to take a bit of a breather, Richmond just piled on two quick ones, and then. I stuck with the third later on. Yeah, and injury to Heaney didn't help, obviously, but wasn't the deciding factor. So Swans look forward to him maybe being on the sidelines for a little while. Well, you'd think so. But uh, all in all, great game to watch and a great game to start the round. But, yeah. You know, the uh, the Friday night game between the Bulldogs and the Cats, Jesus, you couldn't ask for anything more. No. And I was actually out of the stage trying to keep an eye on one, one on my phone, one on a TV, and one on a gig I was watching. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, with the Bulldogs losing the week prior to North within the last uh, 40 seconds, yep. there was a, a very similar setup. I mean, all, all day, it was back and forth. Bulldogs blew it out in the early third quarter. Yeah. Uh, I think they only got out to about a, a, a five-goal lead, so it was a decent lead. Yep. But uh, Cats just clawed them back, and then it was just uh, tit for tat. Yeah. And finally, Bulldogs get one to put them ahead. Geelong get one back, and then uh, Mitch Wallace is doing the whole kick to forward pocket again. This time, he makes the kick, and it stays inside. Yeah. And uh, it still didn't work quite well, because uh, old mate, until he had that shot, Yep. just this time he missed. And it was interesting to see that they started Abel on the bench. Uh, I don't know what the strategy was there, if they were just... Uh, not to be Taylor, fuck. Well, he's, he's not a fan of training, so maybe the warm-up just puffed him out a little bit. Just need a bit of a breather before he starts. Yeah, but maybe. yeah, it seemed like they're... Geelong got the they got the squad there, but the strategy just seems shit out. So I don't know why they can't get across the line in games like this, especially where they should dominate the play, be able to run that ball from end to end, more or less. Well, they, they still should have won. Yeah. I mean, you know, if uh, old mate Taylor puts that through, he's already got two goals. Yep. Uh, you know, they win, and uh, they've pulled the rabbit out of the hat. But Bulldogs, uh, full credit to them. Yeah, they... I don't know what happened to their rabbit. <laughs> but after last week, you'd easily think the Bulldogs might pull into their shell and think, oh, fuck, not again. But no, they just yeah. put the hammer down and decided to do everything they could. They still probably should have lost. Yeah. Uh, but it was funny to see eight people on the mark <laughs> in that final kick. Uh, I think the mascot rocked out at one stage, but uh, they told him to back the fuck off. Um, two players, though. Uh, Narkel. Old Narkel. Old Quinton Narkel in his uh, first game. Looked a, looked a brilliant uh, player. Yeah, and that's what they need. They need some of these young kids to step up and take over the, you know, pretty much the middle-aged kids who were leading that team. He looked, um, he looked like peak Motlop. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, but yeah, I thought the the Bulldogs, they showed that they do have something to really hang their hat on. If they can come out and pull off a win like this against Geelong, and obviously there's some some sort of flicker of hope there for that team for not this year, but probably next year. Um, they've got something that they can build around. It's just a matter of having consistency. And I mean, for this one, it's probably the first consistent game they've played all year. Hmm. 
Um, another ex-Carlton player staying true to form, Billy Gowers. He had a blinder. Yep. Uh, he, he looks like a proper champion. I picked up a couple of goals, which I mean, and the good thing about the Bulldogs here is the goals were spread out. They didn't weren't relying on one or two players kick them. Everyone chipped in, and everyone sort of must have had that directive that uh, everyone's allowed to push forward and help make uh, uh, more avenues to goal, which is obviously one. I mean, they've been struggling a lot of areas, let's be honest, but yeah. that's one thing that they really really struggled in. And the uh, the match dickhead, Ian, uh, Ed Richards, three goals, and geez, he, he looks good. You say match dickhead. Match dickhead. Oh, right. <laughs> the old match dickhead. The old match dickhead. No, match dickhead. Match dickhead. <laughs> match dickhead right. uh, I, I actually thought there was a problem with the screens last week, watching um, the Bulldogs warm up, because I'm looking at the screen, and he looked that weird shade of um, dark radiant red, but uh, no, that's just the way he is. It, he looks like uh, a goth chick, because he's pale as fuck, and he's got that uh, auburny black red hair so it just fucks with the contrast in your TV yeah it does I think the TV tries to auto adjust and then it can't (laughs) so yeah it's fucking it up for everyone really but uh, no all up the game has gone back and forth so well yeah Um, Dangerfield I thought he had 31 touches but I didn't think he was very menacing well it was just he had the touches but they they wouldn't have that sort of class that you usually have. I mean, Ablett did what Ablett does. Um, Dangerfield yeah. usually has more impact with his touches, but these ones were him either getting the ball or not being on the receiving ends. Um, mm. But also this loss to Geelong, I think this puts them out of the eight, which I think at the start of the season, no one would have picked that due to S, Adelaide, Geelong, uh, were all going to be outside the eight at probably any point of the, of the season. No, Geelong are sitting eighth. Uh, only just so stuck in, do they? Uh, yep, there's a, there's a Melbourne, Geelong, North and Hawthorne all on That's the same That's right, points. Melbourne lost. Melbourne had to win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, honestly, a great match to watch though. Uh, very exciting. Bulldogs are playing very exciting footy at the moment. Yeah, and it's good to see that it's going to be a, a close finish to the end of the season. Generally, you have that, you know, pretty much top six sorted out by this time. But I mean, maybe you can lock in one and two, but the rest of it's pretty much up for grabs. I don't think you can lock in one and two. Yeah. I think you lock in Richmond. Um, I think West Coast are going to struggle. But, uh, yep. you know, we'll chat about that in a bit. But uh, the next game was actually pretty exciting for probably half. And it was. It was uh, Carlton versus Port. Yeah, pissed down rain halfway through the match as well, which, I mean, probably favoured Carlton. And Cade Simpson's, Simpson's 300th game. I had no idea he was up to 300. No, me neither. I feel like, I mean, obviously you haven't really followed Carlton much because they're not doing very well, but I, I feel like he's one of those players that sort of popped up maybe like a few years ago and started playing consistently. Like, oh, yeah, he's probably, you know, going to be one of their future stars. And not 300. Yeah, weird. Uh, Carlton hit the front quite early and then managed to, you know, get a bit, uh, lose a bit, get a bit. Yeah. So I thought uh, up until probably halfway through the second quarter, they were really probably the better side. They just could not convert it on the scoreboard. Yeah. Um, but then they got a bit of a blowout, and then they managed to claw it back after halftime. They looked pretty good in parts. Well, the third quarter, they had they dominated possession. And, I mean, Charlie Kernow was a standout. He looked like... Oh, uh, he looks like a superstar. Yeah. And, I mean, he's going to be like Kudafidi's running along the half-forward line, taking, taking strong marks, especially in the wet, where... I mean, people were struggling to, to kick and handball, and he's taken overhead marks, uh, he group some, marks. He had some great marks. Yeah. Uh, normally, you'd say that, um, oh, mate, Casbolt's the one taking those, but three marks of the game's enough from him, and yeah. zero three on top. Like, yeah. Uh, mate. Oh, someone's got to disappoint the fans, let's be honest. Well, that's the the frustrating part is he's a spectacular mark, but Kerno, yeah. for me, at the moment, is a better mark. 
Well, that's who they're going to hang and their a hat on. Much these better days. kick. Yeah, you just provide an environment where he can flourish as a player and give your, your fans something to come out and cheer for. I mean, we know what this is going to mean. They're going to get rid of Casbolt and he's going to be an absolute fucking superstar somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is unfortunate, but uh, if you are a Carlton player and they get rid of you, you are going yep. on to career best form. Yeah, and the other one, the youngster, Jared Garlett, I thought he's strung together a pretty decent season. He had composure in the back line, um, even on the last line of defence where he shouldn't even be, but that's just what the game required. And I felt like he yeah, had his role in making sure Carlton were there or thereabouts, but obviously they didn't have the class to finish off. Um, mm. I think Wingard uh, had some moments of magic that really helped support get across oh, the line. That... Uh side dribble goal whatever it was that's fucking bullshit yeah yeah. That, you, you knew straight away off the boot that it was going through that should not be a thing that was fucked and that was just <laughs> five, fucking yeah, unbelievable just five minutes of play from Port where you're like alright well that's that's it now they've they've strung, strung it together and that's probably going to be it but yeah all up pretty entertaining game old mate uh, Powell Pepper's looking punchy as well yeah he's looking very punchy with the skinhead now he's, yeah, like he's, he's ready to go a few rounds he's been running the skinhead for a little while but yeah. uh, maybe it just doesn't want to leave DNA evidence these days <laughs> he's, he's figured it out yeah but uh, Ed Kerno as well. He had a pretty good game. Got 33 touches. Yep. Uh, light on the tackles. He's normally a bit of a tackle machine, but he only got a couple. Yes. And I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's still got some uh, soreness around that shoulder. Maybe that's playing a part in it. He's got to figure out a different role that he can play. Yeah. Um, Speaking of figure out a different, different role, I do like the fact that uh, Jack Watts has been kept out by Lindsay Thomas. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Lindsay, Lindsay's been handy. He wasn't He wasn't useless this, this game. I mean, he definitely presented. And I like that he wasn't completely goal-hungry. He did definitely um, drop the ball into leading players' paths, which I thought was, yeah. was very clever, very handy, and he's sort of found a way that he can sort of skirt around that 50-metre line and be a dangerous player, not just a goal-scoring player. Well, 16 touches for a forward pocket's actually bloody good. Yeah. I mean, what they don't show is the many out-of-bounds that were kicked across both teams this game, but yeah. with a wet weather game, you expect that. But with Lindsay, that was five contested possessions too. I don't think he got five contested possessions in the last two years at North. No, no. Well, he had some possessions that were contested, but no, it was usually by the police. Well, yeah, and that was also in the SANFL and he knocked some motherfucker yeah. out for it. But um, he's, he's managed to revive himself a bit. Yeah. And let's be honest, if you're a bit of a, you know, don't mind a bit of a knuckle, Port Adelaide's a good place to be for it. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, even uh, Montlop stepped up and did some good things. What well, didn't just kick it to the opposition every time. Man, they had a couple there, but not every single time. He's a weird player to watch. He is, yeah, yeah. He must be frustrating when he's on your team. Um, I don't know. We've had a fair of frustrating teams. I mean, <laughs> frustrating players. Yeah, Sammy Gray was a bit, a bit quiet, but uh, Dixon, I thought, he uh, he didn't hit the scoreboard much, but he was always menacing around there. He was, and especially I mean, in the wet weather, it's not really going to be conducive to his style of playing. But he did enough for people like Wingard and Robbie Gray, who I think kicked three, to yeah. to set up and make sure the ball was always going forward in their direction towards goal. And with that, you're always going to be able to score and block it in. Jeez, Robbie Gray's a menacing fucking player. He is, yep. It's one of those ones where if he's in the midfield, he'll just tear it up with possession and then quality disposal. And if he goes forward, he's going to pop a few nice goals. Yeah, and the good thing for Port is that the other players have been showing a bit more consistency, so he doesn't have to try and take it all himself. He can actually float forward and not worry about the ball not even getting to him. Well, yeah, to me, it's guys like uh, Trengove and Polak and even Powell Pepper. If they step up, he can sort of step back and play that specialty role. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I thought uh, Ollie Wines as well was a little bit uh, quieter, but he, he managed to get seven tackles. So that's sort of explains him down in possession. Yeah, and Wingard having his run through the middle now instead of just sitting up forward has always made a big difference to their style of play. He, he's in career best form, Wingard. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because I kind of like him, but I don't really want to. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same. For some reason, I don't know, he just reminds me of uh, I know some of the old school Crows players that you just love to hate, that were, obviously because they were good. I think he reminds me of a St. Peter's boy. 
I don't, yeah, know, I don't yeah. really know why. Yeah. Playing for Port. Yep. But uh, anyway, anyway, he's uh, he's looking bloody good. But uh, on the other side of the dice, uh, Adelaide and the West Coast Eagles. How good's Tex? Oh, yeah. Got, got off his fine too, me. <laughs> I saw that they... Less than one minute deliberation, apparently. Yeah, yeah apparently they just watched the, the gif like everyone else and went, oh, yeah, all right, we fucked up. Yeah, I think his uh, defense was, can't, can't. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they're like, yeah, fair enough. But uh, the Jackie Borlase Foundation had their dinner there as well. So yep. uh, anyone that doesn't know, it's one of Texas Broken Hill mates and uh, going through a bit of health issues and they've decided to raise some money. Really, really banded around him, uh, yeah. which took the best out of a small country town into an AFL-level football club. So they got heaps of people there and they managed to auction off uh, Guernseys signed by every captain in the league. Yep. Uh, all this kind of captain to get behind too and put, put up the Guernseys and... Slap a signature on there. Well, that's the. I don't think this got enough media attention by far because no. whenever you know a footy player does something fucking stupid, we all hear about yeah, you know like toxic. Let's be honest. Well, not as stupid as some. Yeah. But uh, you know when a footy player gives the misses a belting, he does. He gets uh, a absolutely fired in the media. And don't get me wrong, absolutely should get uh, a belting in the media too, and fired and whatnot. Well, probably belts in real life. Yeah, but. Uh, the thing they miss about football clubs is that there is that sense of community, especially when you get uh, away from the, the big league AFL and into the country leagues. They support each other to the nth degree. Like, someone has health issues, they'll band around, raise some money, help them out. Uh, if they need a job, they'll find a way to get them a job, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I think there's fucked up shit about footy clubs, don't get me wrong. Um, particularly, you know, what goes in the showers should stay in the showers, I think. But uh, this is one of the events where not enough has been said about it. And so, in some ways, that's good because they can just get the uh, get the good work done they want to get done. But in other ways, I think we should promote uh, when the clubs do great shit like this, and they do it every week. They, yeah. It just happens to be this week we all knew about it. But uh, I think we should be talking about this sort of stuff a lot more and about the positive things that AFL clubs can do. I think they picked up like sixty k for the Melanoma Foundation, you know, something mm. like that. Uh, so one of the items was a very large uh, statue of a pig with massive balls. And look, someone's going to put that on their coffee table. Where do you find that from? He goes, right, so what I need, right, is I need a statue pig, massive testicles, all right? They probably just looked at the Rundle Moore pigs and decided, well, fuck it, we'll put some cods on it. (laughs) Go with that. Yep. But uh, on the game, uh, Adelaide looked, uh, looked, honestly, done for all money at uh, about halfway through three-quarter time. Halfway through the third quarter, I should say, because Eagles got a, a run on. Adelaide's been... They're getting players back, but they've been, you know, just torn through injuries. an injury. Yeah. Although, to, to be fair, Eagles lost uh, Lacroix, um, Kennedy. Eagles are pretty heavy on injuries, let's yeah. be honest. All, all, all up forward. I but, think secondly, it's a Collingwood on injury list, I'm pretty sure. Or now, yeah. But uh, Sammy Jacobs also, I thought, uh, massively, he dished up Nat Nui. Yeah, yeah. Wound back the clock and gave him a bit of a hiding. Yeah. Uh, uh, hiding's probably a bit, bit much, but uh, I, I thought he definitely lowered his colours. Yeah, and I mean... It's always going to be tough for West Coast coming across to Adelaide and try and beat this team. Uh, it wasn't wet, so it was going to be a clean game, but Adelaide just banded together, kicked six on the trot, I think, and just dominated possession for, was it across the end of the third, start of the fourth or something like that? Yeah. But a lot of that was Tex just saying, nah, no, nah, I'm yeah. fucking having this. Yeah, it's all the mates in town. Yeah. <laughs> he's got the boys in town. He, he knows he's getting on the cans afterwards. So he just decided, nah, I'm having a crack. And he kicked three, four. So yeah. he probably should have converted a few more of those and iced it earlier. But... Uh, it just, just looked fantastic. Four contested marks, 11 contested possessions from a full forward. That's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, and Rory Sloan, was this his first game back? Oh, I think so. Second um, Didn't do a whole lot, but I'm guessing you just want to have a, a good solid hit out and see how it goes. But uh, Matty Crouch got plenty of the ball. Maybe fucked around with a bit too much with the 20 handballs, but 
you know what can you do hmm. but uh i'm glad they threw out that thing with text because like we said we all saw the the gif and it's oh, like it's rubbish mate absolutely rubbish like, if you on. can't do that in a game then i mean shit i don't know it's like basketball is more contact sport than than afl these days well, basketball is more contact sport than mma at the moment that's true but uh adelaide just just blew them out of the park which was fantastic to watch uh and the adelaide crowd would have absolutely loved it at adelaide oval well i was uh watching this game while i was in adelaide and I was hoping that... Uh, well, actually, I kind of... For one of the few times I wanted Adelaide to win because I wanted the pressure off West Coast at the top to to challenge Tigers for the one or two spot. Um, but also, the, the support that Adelaide get... Like I was in the city um, catching up with cousin and, a, and a kids at this Winter Wonderland thing going on, which was yeah, pretty shit. But there were people, so people out, you know, 11 a.m., waiting for the game that starts at 4. Just yeah. out and about. The city was flooded with people with their crows get-ups. Just kicking them out don't know where they were going what they were doing but yeah everyone gets behind it and just watching people come over the footbridge when it finishes going to the cast holy yeah. shit that just doesn't stop isn't it brilliant yeah it's crazy but the funny thing is that and anyone who's been to Adelaide Oval knows that you've got the um, the King's uh, King William yep. Bridge or the you know William yeah. Street Bridge or whatever it is King William Bridge King William yeah you've got that or there's the other bridge which is much much wider for pedestrian traffic that goes yep. right up to the foot of the casino yeah so you can go up the stairs and go around to the uh, Hyatt or whatever it is these days the uh, Sofitel I don't know whatever's next to it yeah um, across the road. or you end up in the uh, gaming area of the casino and a lot of people end up in that gaming area of the casino pretty much I'm surprised they don't just put a little uh, barrier across there so you have to go through that thoroughfare in the middle of uh, Marble Hall I'm there I'm sure they've asked casino. but uh, look Smart. I, yeah. I don't begrudge the casino that. Oh, shit. No, that's where I first started working in casinos on the tables in Adelaide. I used to fucking hate when the footy finished and all these drunk people come in trying <laughs> to play blackjack. Rubbish, too. Rubbish. Well, yeah, probably yeah, are. I actually had a mate who was there on, on talking about his blackjack stories. Like, dude, it's one person that's not interested in hearing your fucking casino stories is me. <laughs> no, I've heard it all before and, and you're betting bugger all. But, uh, again, that was the fourth game in a row that was top to watch. Yep. Uh, and then moving on to Suns versus Collingwood. It's interesting that these games come about just when all these old farts oh, are talking yeah. about the state of the game. Uh, look, anyone that talks about the state of the game, when they're comparing it to old eras, yeah. they're fucked up. For a start, they're comparing the best game of a five-year period yeah. to the worst game of a round. Yep. And I'll take the best game from 2018 and compare it against the best game of any era. Yeah, and I mean, I think they really forget what a season in those that era was like. They haven't gone back and watched an entire season. Like, good luck with that. Well, even if you watch the best games of the 80s, and I, I loved the 80s football, 90s, 2000s, whatever, yeah. but it's fucking slow. It is, yeah. And it's just like, take a mark and then bomb it. Take a mark, bomb it. Yeah, and it's, and look, it's fun to watch, don't get me wrong, but those guys, and you know, people might disagree, but they would get slaughtered by oh, they got even, nothing on today's teams. even this Carlton team. Yeah. Um, it, it just wouldn't even be close. It'd be like amateurs playing professionals, because that's what it would literally be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, on the Suns versus Collingwood. Uh, ain't going to lie, I was on the Suns here. I was hoping. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm always against Collingwood, so... Yeah, I, was... I mean, I did put my tip into Collingwood, oh, uh, yeah. because <laughs> not fucking stupid. Uh, I only got four this week, so I, I kind of fucked up, but everyone else fucked up too, so yeah. I'm still uh, still equal leader. But um, they, they came out the blocks pretty well, I thought. They did, they did. Um, I didn't bother watching this game. I was... Uh... Obviously out and about watching the Crows games, and I didn't really see the hearts of it. wasn't too interested. Um, I think the worst thing is that Collingwood's injury list is going to be, yeah, one thing that's going to very uh, hurt them very much coming into the end of the season. 
Well, Buckley at the start did say that if they miss finals, uh, it's on him. So, look, uh, they're sitting second, and they're looking pretty good, but they've just lost Trelaw. They're up to second. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. They've lost Trelaw, and I think they've lost Thomas as well. Lost Thomas, lost... Uh, someone else they lost. Who was it? Not Dugowie De- De- re-signed, so that's yeah, always yeah. a good thing. But they lost someone else. I can't remember off the top of my head. But uh, those are two big outs for them. Uh, yep. I, I, it'll depend on how their run is, but uh, I'd still say they'll probably make finals. Yeah. But I think they'll be in the bottom half rather than the top half. I think that's that's fair to say, uh, especially because I think Trelaw might be out. I think they've got a pretty tough finish for the, most season of the season as well. Pretty uh, sure the Tigers play again. Yeah, I think it's. It's going to be tricky, and next week they've got uh, Essendon in the return league, so that's going to be where yeah. they are. But we'll chat Lyndon Dunn was the one that got injured. Ah, yep, yep, yep. Knee injury, he's done for the season. That's right. Uh, Took Miller had a good match, but uh, to me, the guy that's in uh, ridiculous form is Jared Lyons. Yeah. He looks like he's uh, finally showing what he can actually do. Yeah. So that probably means he's going to be fucking off sometime <laughs> soon. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. And there's still no word on Lynch and what his plan's going to be, but it's safe to say he's not staying Gold Coast or he's probably going to Collingwood. Well, rumour rumor is he's doing his rehab at Collingwood. So, I right. mean, right. it doesn't guarantee anything because I think they've still got to got to make a make it happen. Yeah, and there's plenty of players at Collingwood that cry rehab. Yeah. Not just for injuries. <laughs> I think Dugowie signed on decent money too. So if they're targeting Lynch, and word is they're targeting uh, Stephen May as well. Yeah. So if if that's going to be the case, they've got to sign Lynch for unders. They're going to be targeting some creative accountants too. Yeah, I think there's uh, some shady shit going on there. But um, look, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens because uh, they're paying Daniel Wells for next year too, and I don't think he'll play. Yeah, yeah. And Gold Coast sitting in this weird situation where there's no no danger of losing support from the AFL, no danger of caring about fans because I mean they probably don't have many, and you know there's not anyone that's rocking up to their games and not a chance of playing finals or. Can even see a road out from the misery that is their team. Well, to be honest, I I think it's going to end up in Tasmania because the thing is you too hope so. the um the Gabba and also Metricon yep. they take massive cuts from the uh, from the AFL, but yeah. the AFL generally doesn't make money from holding games there. I've heard they make a quite a hefty loss from these games. Yeah, because the the Gabba and the Metricon Stadium are charged by the Vic government like eight dollars per person for public transport and then another amount for security and crowd control and another yep. amount for people tax or some bollocks. So yep. in the end, it's just uh, they just get swamped and it's not sustainable. So I can I can genuinely see them going to the Gold Coast Suns and saying, you know what, maybe you're going to be known as the Tassie Suns. Yeah, well, something. Um, yeah. The Greater Northern Suns, encompassing Northern Territory, uh, Gold Coast, eh, anywhere outside of Brisbane. The yachts. Maybe even Broome. Stick Broome in there too. Brisbane to Hobart race. They'll Shit. extend it. Indonesia. Let's take the Bar- <laughs> the Bali Suns. Imagine imagine how many people want to go to that team then. Well, at least for the end of year trip. Yeah. But yeah, it was actually a uh, pretty good... Taylor Adams... Uh, yeah, Taylor Adams is uh, looking like a... He, he's a big unit and he was looking... He's not as big as the other Adams. No. But uh, he was looking bloody strong. Well, they, it's good that he, yeah, you know, someone's looking fit and fighting because you know it's only a matter of time before he goes down too. I don't know if it's their training staff or what's going on, but obviously it can't be right. They've got this many injuries consistently over a couple of years. Yeah, it's weird, really. Like, um, they've got the best facilities of anyone. Most money. Yeah, so I, um, I'm, I'm just assuming they're on the juice or something. Could be, actually. Yeah, yeah. on some of that uh, Cuban wrestling juice. 
<laughs> Yol Romero style. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Adams had uh, 70 contested possessions and he was only done by uh, Jared Lyons who had 20. Sure. So anytime you're getting uh, above 15 contested possessions, you're doing bloody well. Yeah. And uh, speaking of that, Grundy got above 15. Yeah. Uh, 23 possessions, 15 contested. Well, Grundy's always been that um, workhorse, go-getter, always played above what you think he's capable of. And he seems to be improving, to be honest. Well, like we said every week, he's only a young lad. Yeah. Um, the sky's the limit for him. It's going to be fun seeing the next few years of him versus Gorn. Yeah, yeah. But uh, at the very moment, I'd say Grundy's ahead. Like, if you're talking all-Australian form, I'd put Grundy in there just in front of Max Gorn. Well, Gorn's had some injuries as well, so this I think is you've true. got to. You've got to. But a uh, big part of the reason why Collingwood's doing so well is because of Grundy. Yeah, yep. But uh, on to another great match to watch, uh, the Giants against the... Uh, you know what? I'm not going to call them Hawthorne. I'm going to call them the Sean Burgoynes. Sean Burgoynes. <laughs> Benjamin Buttons. Yeah, he didn't play because uh, he's injured, but uh, I like Sean Burgoyne. I don't like Hawthorne, so... Pretty much. Yeah, uh, Giants yeah. managed to... Uh, here. Yeah, fuck him. Surprised this podcast hasn't fallen apart yet. We're doing uh, all right. We, We're doing all right. Yeah, we've got to... Well, we've got a, got a ways to go. Yeah. Um, well, we don't. I don't know. Fuck it. See how long the battery lasts on that. Yeah. Uh, but the Giants managed to get 13-17. I mean, still not a positive, uh, you know, plus or minus with the goals and behinds, but you get the win, you know, not going to worry about that too much. And Hawthorne had their chances. Like, still, uh, still tr- struggling, though. It's troubling. And the Giants got away to a, a ripper of a start. I think they had, uh, the, uh, they got the first one and then Hawks got one back, but then they got the next uh, five or six. Yep. Uh, next four, sorry. And uh, really put the pressure on Hawthorne, on the, the Sean Burgoynes. But, um, yeah, it was just one of those ones where it was pretty hard fought all day. And it managed to get back to, I think it was almost even, about halfway through the third quarter. But you just felt like the Giants always had something in gear. Well, you, you did. And, I mean, I still feel like Hawthorne have played above what their um, talent really is this season. And so it was, it was good resilience for them to, to come back. And you felt like if anyone's going to crumble... Uh, from based on the the games this year, you might be able to put the pressure on G to S. But they stood up and they showed that they could they could maintain it, uh, string together some consistent plays, and mm. also play as a team, which is going to be one of the things that they really struggled at. Well, yeah, the the bit where they really did kill the Sean Burgoynes was in the contested possessions, one ninety to one thirty five. Damn, you get done by that much in contested possessions, you've got to question the commitment of some players. Yeah, for sure. I uh, wonder wonder who Clarko points the finger at. Uh, this week at training I've heard he's been pretty brutal with his analysis of people's endeavour so it'll be interesting to to see what the, the unfolding is from Hawthorne who had a very winnable game here and, mm. and how they you know how they come back from that well it's not Titchell um, 50 touches 50 yeah I've, I've heard he's still not happy on, on, on Titchell anyway he's been saying that he's the most selfish player he's ever seen in his life so well the thing is 50 touches he's thrown in with 9 marks which is pretty fucking decent yep. 13 tackles and uh, only one goal assist, but that's just because he was trying to get everything from the middle. Oh, there you go. What the uh, fuck's he doing? And he led the contest positions as well with 18. Uh, equal only to Callum Ward. It's a fair day out in the park. Yeah, but I, I get what uh, what he's saying there, because what the fuck else is everyone doing? Yeah, yeah. And like, I mean, it's Ticho and, and Yago Mira, who's finally got fit, and he's come back and started playing some great footy. And he got 10 tackles as well, so he's doing he's running. Yeah. So, look, I, I honestly don't know what the fuck's going on with that. Still, uh, still not any news on when Cyril's going to come back, is there? Yeah, but the only other bloke uh, from Hawthorne, well, actually two blokes from Hawthorne who got uh, contest possessions in double digits was uh, Burton and Hardwick, and they weren't really that damaging, to be honest. Yeah, yep. Uh, everyone else, it just seemed they didn't have the, the appetite for it. Yeah, I mean, Sicily still played all right. Obviously, he did himself last week, but... 
Yeah, he still did enough to, to you know. Well, he got one one, the, the but had twenty four touches, and uh, most of them being kicks. And he did look like he was he was. He looks like the sort of player that always tries his ass off. Like yeah. he's just angry and he just wants it so bad. Yeah. Which uh, is great when he's on your team, but when he's on the, the Sean Burgoynes, I'm uh, not a fan. No. No. So fuck him is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but having said that, if he come up and said, oh, I'm looking to leave the Sean Burgoynes. Two uh, million. Two yeah, million. Every team's send, send after him. Because he, he can play. Uh, as opposed to Will Lankford, who I think every team wants them to, to stay at the Sean Burgoynes because they're going to struggle. Yeah, and Dylan Shield has been uh, some interest now that he's fit and playing with consistency. They're trying to alleviate him from GWS now. Don't know what his contract situation is, but it's never really matter when money's at hand. Uh, so next year, he's the same as factor. same as Josh Kelly. So yep. uh, you can guarantee North's going to be getting trying to get a twofer with that. Yeah, and if they're not, they fucking should be. Yeah, well, I mean, they got plenty of cash throwing now. So well, they missed out on, I mean, they got, they got runs on the board. So missed out on, Le- missed out on LeBron now. James too. Fuckers. Yep. Goddamn LA Beacher. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, to be fair, a million a season or a million every fifteen minutes. Yeah, it's kind of hard yeah, to. One hundred fifty-three million short. So yeah, know. I mean, you know. Should get the pokies back. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> What's 153 million between friends? But uh, great game to watch again. A bit scrappy, but I've said before I don't mind the scrappy. No, I like scrappy, especially like it's as long great. as it's intense. It's much better when you're a neutral observer, you don't have a dog in the fight to watch a scrappy game because it's exciting. It's going to be close, mm. and like you're not just berating your own team for being fucking useless when they when they got the ball. It's not too bad. Yeah. I mean, speaking of berating your own team, uh, Melbourne v St KFC. Ooh. Oh, Hotham must be loving life. They've just had record snowfalls, oh, and wow. with this loss, there'll be a few nervous Range Rovers starting to get geared up for winter. Absolutely. And Saints have been absolutely rubbish, but uh, one team that you, you'd hope they'd be able to match up well against uh, would be Melbourne because they've got that same, you know, uh, not not overly tall, and they run through the middle pretty well. It's just a matter of Saints had a back line that wasn't very good, and somehow they've stepped up this, this, uh, this week. And managed to string together, you know, end-to-end footy. Well, if you tip this, you're you're a died in the wool Saints supporter. There's no other reason to tip them. Or, or you just fucking hate Melbourne, really. Or you fucking hate money. But um, the thing that I thought should have separated them was the hardness. Yeah. And it it did, but in the opposite direction I expected it to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, <clears throat> I thought uh, uh, Gresham, again, he's been absolutely stellar this season. He's been one of the Saints, you know, hard-fought players. And one of the things we've criticised Saints for is, well, we have, is having too many cooks in the kitchen when it comes to their forward line. Hmm. And it seemed like they managed to spread that out and have that running flow through the middle of the field now. And um, it seems like some sort of strategy has started working out, started wearing on the players, and they've figured out how they've got this avenue to goal. Yeah, and Gresham, how good does he look when he's in full flight? Oh, he's amazing, he's amazing. I mean, even Paddy McCartan managed to stay on the field for most of the game, kick two goals, three. Not a great return, but, you know, he did enough. Hey, decent for him. And yeah. uh, Membry as well got 4-2, which uh, he's, he's struggled with a few decent games. Yep, yep. Even Jake, Jake Carlisle managed to probably have his best game of the season. Yeah. And I mean, he's not a smart man, but, you know, he didn't fuck up this game. So that's a that's a net positive result. Yeah, but uh, it was in... In the in the crux all game, like uh, it could have gone either way, even right up until the last few minutes when Melbourne got a run on. Yeah, yeah. but uh, seesawing first half, St Kilda finally kick away a bit halfway through the second quarter. I, I couldn't put it down to one player, and that's the good thing for St Kilda. It was really a, a team effort. Uh, Sinclair suddenly decided to come alive. Yeah, but I thought he he didn't quite have the impact of um, Armitage. I felt. Well, Armitage has been one of the standout players for a while, and so you expect him in these close games to really step up. 
Uh, you can see fatigue setting in that last quarter. Uh, you got to expect that. Um, mm. But yeah, they managed to hold on. And when you look across their, their main major ball winners, it wasn't like I said just uh, the usual suspects. You had plenty of other people in there. Um, you know, every every bastard named Jack managed to get his hand on the ball a fair few times. <laughs> so I don't know if that was confusing. What's the thing? I felt like there was no passengers. Uh, although I did feel uh, Billy Longer got dished up. Yeah. But they managed to uh, rove to um, old mate quite well. Yeah, to gone. Yeah, to gone. Yeah. yeah, lost that for a moment. Yeah. But uh, you yeah, know, they, they roped him really well, and it was uh, twenty-five to thirty-nine hit out. So he wasn't exactly pantsed, but uh, certainly uh, wasn't the one well, in charge there. It's not impressive, let's be honest. It's, no, it's almost a pantsing. Um, uh, but but you're right. They had enough people around the ball and good structure, which I think is one of the the main differences between the Saints of you know maybe the last five rounds and compared to how they played against against uh, Melbourne. Yeah, I think McDonald just signed on again too which uh, it's pretty good because he only got eight touches and one goal. So glad he signed on because uh, he would have got berated and he yeah. probably would have dropped his value 100 grand if yeah. he had to sign on this week. Yeah, it's tough to you know, make some some hard moves at the bargaining table with that performance. Yeah, so good on the lad. Uh, this was the Barry Hall game too, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Yeah, because Lee Montagna and uh, Barry Hall decided to discuss Montagna's wife's vagina and uh, potential molestation by the <laughs> obstetrician. Well, the doctor, what a fucking genius move on radio. Um, I'm just so glad that, was it, what, what station was it on again? Triple M. Triple M. They just pulled the plug straight away, so don't finish the show. After the, the game, yeah, you're fired. Fuck off. See, the funny thing is, I've seen a lot of comments about it saying, oh, you know, it's just this sort of locker room shit and whatever. Yeah, look, it is, but there's a reason why it's called locker room and it stays in there. Yeah, exactly. Um, I like Jim Jeffries. He's a funny comedian. He has some edgy fucking shit. Well, he'll do rape jokes and all weird ass shit, but he always does them after Watershed. Like, he doesn't do them on the Jim Jeffries show, yeah. which is uh, aired in the US during prime time. Yeah. You know, they, he, he knows the separate audiences. You've got your After Dark, blokes only, incel crowd who are happy to hear the edgy humor. And then you've got the uh, 6.30 p.m. time slot, which has got mum and dad and the kids listening to the Triple yeah. M. With girlfriends call. and wives. Yeah. <laughs> Where you're like, kids. yeah, this this isn't where we're going. Yeah, and like we were saying before, even if you're at the pub with, with all your bloke mates having pints of some shit beer and someone busted that joke out, you'd still look at it with dead silence and be like, mate, you're trying too hard. What the well, fuck is wrong with you? I mean, I'd probably respond with, mate, the same as your proctologist did when you got the uh, the test. <laughs> he licked his fingers after that <laughs> and before. But, uh, well, you know, it, it's one of those ones where... I get Montana's probably crossed the line of information on talking about his wife's nether regions and getting you know two fingers in there by the obstetrician, but that's what the obstetricians do. Mm. And then Hall's turned it into some, well, literally sexual assault by the yeah. obstetrician licking his fingers. And they probably had a couple of jokes off air because Hall knowed and knowed knew enough about the situation to say that he's probably talked to Montana about. It. I think they might have even even played together at uh, St Kilda. Yeah. But so maybe they're good mates and they can have that sort of joke. I mean, if Barry Hall talks about your wife's vagina, are you really going to object too hard, or are you going to get staked? Well, I mean, you hope someone will smack him in the face. To be honest, and to be honest, I I never appreciated Barry Hall's comments full stop about footy. So I'm glad he's gone. Fuck him. Well, he's he's an almost lingy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, except he's a bigger cunt. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, boys, talking about didn't didn't no no. And if Hall Hall hears that, that was Heath. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. I'm, I don't care that he's gone. I don't think he adds anything to the game. No. And uh, the one thing they always compare him to is Wayne Carey, because uh, Carey's done some fucked up shit. 
Yep. But uh, beside the shagging your best mate's missus, he's also glassed his next missus and uh, done... You know, cocaine ha- fiends and Yeah, had a crack at a cop, some yep. other crap. Um, he's not a good bloke. No. But on the other side, he does know football and does have comments to contribute. Definitely. Granted, it's normally 50-50. So it's 50% dumb shit yep. and 50% uh, actual insight. Yeah. But that puts him ahead of a lot of commentators. Exactly. <laughs> Even then, I still didn't listen to him. Yeah. Um... That's not to say he should stick around, but uh, if someone better comes along, hire him. Yeah. Oh, well, they have. They've got, um, what's the name? The lady who's doing special comments. Uh, what's the name? What's the name? She's fucking brilliant, actually. I think she should be the one that t- takes uh, over. Abby? Is it Abby? Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. I've got now. No, but she, she was brilliant. Her insight was amazing. She actually watched the game, studies what's happening, not just uh, making bullshit same comments. You've got to lower your eyes and yeah, it's a well, yeah, team it game. Doesn't talk she about analyzes the game and watches what's happening away from the ball and lets the viewer know what's happening because the camera angles are shit, so yeah. you can't see what's happening. But she's actually on the ball and doing that. It doesn't keep going back to her career. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, look, that was that was a pretty interesting game. Um, and then we get on to North v Essendon, which uh, went to that game. Shit. Yeah. Uh, oh no, sorry, no, I didn't. <laughs> I watched that game. I should say. Yeah, you were going to go. I was going to go, but uh, ended up uh, handballing the tickets on. Um, it was one of the ones where, look, could have gone either way for uh, a quarter, for a little bit. Uh, it was still sort of in the balance in the last quarter, but Essendon just had too much run. Yeah. Uh, very, very fast side. And North, I don't think they were able to adjust to that because they tried a lot of the time to have three guys in the middle getting the ball. Right, yep. But for whatever reason, they couldn't kill the contest and Essendon were able to get it out and they had four or five people away from the contest yeah. and were able to boot it away, uh, which works very well for a team like Essendon because it means that if the ball comes out, they've got it and if it doesn't, they've got a ball up. Yeah, and I feel like Essendon going to be one of those real annoying teams come finals time. You know, they ruin some people's finals or maybe sneaking themselves or have some upsets where you're like, ah, really? Really? Well, they are in the, in the conversation now for the top eight. And yep. look, they deserve to be because they they killed North in this one. And to, to be honest, I thought a few of their goals were bullshit goals. That uh, like McKernan's and Fantasia's, they had goals that yeah. should never be kicked. Yep. But when it's your day, it's your day, and you get that first one when you're like, all right, I'm on. Yeah. Uh, fair play for having crack. And McKernan's best game ever, I'd say. Yep. Yeah. And Hurley uh, got 20 kicks, which I think is a good return to form for him. Uh, he's been a bit questionable, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, Higgins had about 12 possessions in the first quarter. Shit, really? He looked like a world beater. Uh, and then, obviously, they've gone, hang on. But, I mean, the real question is, how many girls did he have in the first quarter? <laughs> Might have copped a couple. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was one of the matches where it was... I think uh, this was one that Buckley said, uh, you know, what about those rule changes? Oh, well, no, wait, we didn't. Yeah. And right. it was it was hard to watch objectively as a supporter of North yep. because, obviously, you know, going down and getting a bit of a touch-up. But North didn't play bad. No, I mean, the scoreboard reflects that. Yeah, Essendon just played better. Game. And it's kind of a bit of a bitter pill in a way, but Essendon were just the better team on the day and better tactically and strategically. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's that? 133, uh, 233 points scored for the game between them and, and not much separated them. That's yeah. like a fantastic, you know, offensive, offensive footy. And even then, final margin, 17 points. And up until probably 10 minutes to go, it was still in the balance. It was only that yeah. last goal that Essendon kicked that put it beyond North. Yeah. Um, so it was very much nail-biting all the way through. Um, unfortunately, North couldn't get it done, you know, from my perspective. Uh, Mason Wood had a couple of very easy goals. He, he 3-3. Yeah. But he probably should have made it uh, at least 5-1. Uh, and the worst thing was that uh, Cunnington decided to run through Stringer a bit, and he did pull up, 
which is why it wasn't uh, taken to tribunal. But right. he, he had the opportunity to either lay him the fuck out or yeah. pull out. And Must have been tempting. Must have been tempting. I think it would have been. Uh, unfortunately, he gave him 50 metres and he got him in the goal square and Stringer managed to sky it off a little bit. Yeah. Um, look, honestly, I think we uh, we might play them again towards finals time uh, if we are in the eight. And yeah. if we manage to lay out Stringer a couple of times, I'll be pretty happy. Yeah, everyone will be happy, let's be honest. Yep. Uh, I think they need... Uh, I think the only players who had bad games here were uh, Luke McDonald and Ryan Clark. Um, Clark kills in the VFL. He's an absolute belter in there. Yeah. Um, but when he comes to the AFL, for whatever reason, he decides to kick to the opposition. Uh, <laughs> it's fucking frustrating. Uh, the only other bloke who had a worse game was uh, Tom Murphy in his fourth game, and he got one kick. He had six it's handballs, a, but one kick, and that's, uh, that's not, not a good AFL return. Yeah, no. it's not a lot of, not a lot of time spent uh, doing his job. No, no. But... Uh, yeah, look, it's one of those ones where North will think they could have won, but Essendon just were a bit too strong. And uh, Merritt was brilliant. Heppel in the last quarter, I thought, was the difference, really. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately. And Goddard had a good game, too. From North's perspective, it was all uh, McMillan, Cunnington, and Ahern has actually uh, put his name up for best 22 and looking pretty good. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, then on the final match of the round, we've had... Uh, one that was watchable, but probably not for the reasons we expected. We thought I thought this would be a blowout, and it was. Yeah, not for the for the right team. Um, I didn't bother watching because I thought it'd be boring as shit game, and uh, and also I was asleep on the couch because I got back early <laughs> Saturday. Sunday. <laughs> but Dane Beams just turned it on, like uh, thirty three touches, sixteen contested possessions. He, he looks brilliant. And like we knew that Brisbane would, would get like maybe one or two more wins for the season, and if you look at it objectively. Frio is probably a team that they might have been capable of beating, just not in Frio. Yeah, that's that's what put me aside because I tipped Frio because because it's over there. Yeah, um, and there's been talk about the Brisbane Lions for so long, saying you know oh, they're a better side than they seem to be. You know, there's an honourable loss there. There's effort, yeah. but you need to put runs on the board. And here they just not only did they put the runs on the board, they kicked 18 goals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's a brilliant return. They just they never looked like being beaten. Yeah, and I mean. It's almost offensive for the home fans that pay extortionary prices to get those tickets to Frio and watch them put up that drivel of a, of a game. Obviously, they got injuries as well. I think, um, obviously, Fife was still injured. Yeah. Um, Sandland's still injured. Maybe got a couple more during the game, which I'll try and find out. And I think Ryan is actually injured too, but that was because of a car accident or something. Well, right. Yeah. Oh, I was too. Yeah. It was a. Was that a? Was it him that got involved in an early morning? Car crash into a tree sounds especially like he was fucked up and driving. Well, can neither confirm nor deny, but uh, I'm yet to hear of someone driving sensibly at uh, bumfuck o'clock in the morning and having yeah. an accident. Yeah. So generally, when the roads are clear, um, your leaks likely to have an accident. Maybe there was ice on the roads. Maybe there was, yeah, maybe it was ice, ice somewhere else. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, all I'm saying is that he was either hooning or he was fucked up. Yep. Uh, or maybe he dodged a rabbit that was jumping out of the fucking toilet to the he's, airport. He's rabbits have caught lots of, lots of trolls this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to besmirch the lad, but I'm saying he fucked up somewhere to end up around a tree with no cars around him. Yeah, I'm sure he's coming home from Grandma's for dinner, and uh, yeah, maybe rabbit jumped out. Maybe he was sent into a tree. Maybe he was Ubering. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Might be trying to make a bit of cash on the side. Yeah. Oh yeah, Fife's out for five weeks, I reckon. Shit. Yeah. Well, no, several weeks. I mean, you put a line through it, would have had a line through them already, but uh, that's, yeah. they've been scrubbed. They're, they're heading down. 
Yeah, well, you just give them a rest for the rest of the season, surely. I mean, what, what round are we at? 15 or something like that? Yeah, they're, they're not playing finals. Yeah. They, I think it's one of the ones where mathematically it might be possible, but yeah. practically they ain't making it. You've got him signed up. Don't worry about it. Put him in the rack. Pretty much. Put him in uh, Put him in a stud. Get him out there. Get him on the... Yeah, that's what you need to do. Get him on the Viagra. Get him knocking up a few birds. And yeah. uh, he's already passed 100 games, so, you know... Eight in years' time, you've got superstars coming like through. Send him around the country. Put him on a book tour or something. Get him to, you know, just plant that go-home factor seed. Yeah, there you go. And you can have a women's team too coming through because they'll all it's be flocking true. And it's not, I mean, you get a lot of grants and money out of the women's team. So, I don't know, mate was just saying that uh, their their club in Adelaide, they got like a $2 million grant to redo their club rooms and Oval and just to support women's footy. And I'm like, so... How How's much it? of those go into women's football? Oh, yeah, no, we're going to have, uh, like, make the cubicles blocked off so they can be gender-neutral toilets. So what, the f- like, so, so what does it involve? Uh, it involves just putting gender-neutral toilets and a couple of sani bins around the place. Pretty much upgrading the bar. Yeah. <laughs> making it a, a much more enjoyable experience. Oh, um, adding a few cocktails to the list rather than just the $2.80 fucking pints or pots of West End. Yeah, it was funny because now they're... They, Finished uh, in the top two last season, so now they're up to the I don't know Div maybe three or something like yeah. that. So they're gonna play against like the the college, the schoolboys, so oh, yep. Saints and the other, other fucking PAC, PAC. And so it's funny going to their grounds, which are immaculately curated, you know, gorgeous grounds, and they got to bring them back down to their bogan ass yeah. <laughs> ovals. So they're making the most hostile environment. It's hilarious watching them come down. Fucking should do too. Yeah. I remember going to St. Peter's once for some sporting event and just being stunned that they had things like Olympic level pole vault facilities. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the fuck? Like our school had bindies in the oval. Yeah. Don't tell me in there because we had to steal something for our uh, treasure hunt. Oh, yep. Yeah. Actually, old, uh, old St. Mark's have been in the news a fair bit recently too. Yeah, they're in trouble. Uh, and to be fair, a lot of that was going on. From what I remember, let's be honest. If you turn up to O Week, uh, if you're in on the joke, it's funny as fuck when you see freshers scared shitless yeah. about uh, people pretending to have sex with porn in the background in the library. That's funny. <laughs> if you're the fresher who's never left home, this is your first time out of yeah. home, uh, you're expecting, you know, old yeah. school conservative yeah. Adelaide, <laughs> and you see that, yeah, you're shitting bricks. Yep. Yep. Uh, and these days they kind of frown upon that. But. Uh, Anyway, back back to the game. Uh, Lions, just too good. Yeah, too fucking good. That's it. And, um, uh, and too many winners, too. Um, little Squizzy Taylor. Little he, look, squiz. he looks super special. Little I'm a big fan of him. Squizzy Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, Lewis Taylor. Yep. Um, he was he had a, a big thing with his brother, too. His brother's a younger lad, and Squizzy decided to give his younger brother a haircut. Right. Gave him the uh, the reverse mullet. Nice. Except nice. Uh, the, the Bruce Dool. He had a bit of hair called? on front. And then it was just shaved completely the back. <laughs> so he's got the... Oh, the Ronaldo. Uh, the Ronaldo. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty actually pretty funny. Yep. But uh, it, his young brother, I don't think he's playing AFL because he looks like he uh, doesn't mind the occasional meat pie, but, geez, he's good value. Well, you know, you've got security, <coughs> don't you? Well, you know, maybe he'll commentate. Fuck, there's been... He's in Fremantle. There's worse commentators over there. Absolutely. Fuck, it's worse competitors over here. If you can <laughs> fuck off Basil Zamplas and get uh, Young Squizzy in, that'd I mean, be great. Let's, let's just clean the ranks, get them all out of there. Shit. I mean, if, if we could find, if we had internet that was fast enough to be able to simulcast while football was on, I'd fucking definitely give it a crack. No oh. way we'd be allowed on any any mainstream like site. I want to get BT. I want to. He seems like the grumpy old fucker that'd be fun to play off. Oh, I'd just be able to give him so much shit. Well, yeah, and he, he's the sort of bloke that would get the shits and then throw his headphones down and run off. Great viewing is what, you, what you're saying. Great yeah, listening. Yeah, he'd stir him up. I mean, he's a big lad too, so yeah. he could stir him up enough that uh, violence could be in the air. Yeah, Heath will take him. Oh, I, I think it's more like he'd be more likely to 
get angry and then just get the shits and walk <laughs> off. And realise I'm going to do fuck all. <laughs> and now I'm going. Um, but yeah, moving on to uh, round 16, which it's great that uh, a couple of weeks back we thought the top eight was set. Yeah. Now it's all all on. Anyone's yep. game. Yeah. Uh, those in that footy as well, which I love. Yeah, pretty much as soon as they said Melbourne's a chance for the premiership, uh, they went to shit. So, yeah. look, uh, and starting off Thursday night, a game that would be brilliant to go to, but it's at the SCG, so I shan't be. Uh, Sydney v uh, Geelong. Yeah, yeah. I think I've got to go with uh, Sydney on this one. Based on the performance last week in Geelong's, uh, being at the SCG, I feel like Sydney going to bounce back. They weren't, wouldn't be disheartened by their loss last week, so I feel like they've got a bit of momentum and they'll take this one. Well, two teams coming off tough losses and uh, two teams that match up perfectly. Yeah. Like everything that uh, Geelong do, Sydney do well too. Yeah. Um, I'd say Geelong's got a slight edge in midfield, uh, only minuscule, uh, whereas Sydney's got a slight edge in the full forward line. But uh, again, on his day, Hawkins can almost take it up to Buddy. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's great. I mean, Stuff, yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe on his day and Buddy's worst. And then you've got uh, Rampy and Tui, which are very similar players. You've got uh, uh, Ronky, who's had a brilliant season, and now you've got uh, old mate Narkel, who old looks Narkel. like he's going to be something special. Yep. Uh, throw around Cam Guff- Cam Guthrie and uh, old Guffrey. Yeah, old mate um, Kennedy's going to take it up to Gary Ablett or uh, Selwood yeah, or Rampy's true for a big game. Dangerfield. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, I've not- got. Sydney, uh, yeah. I'm I'm going to do a Heath and say Buddy's due for a day out. Yep, he's been due for a while. Yep, so we're all on Sydney there, uh, and then we've got uh, the G. We've got Richmond v Adelaide. Might go to this one actually. Yep, it's going to be pissing down rain. Yep, horrible weather. I think we've got a top of fifteen, which means it'll probably be about seven degrees at this time of night. Um, to be honest, Adelaide can win this. Yeah, uh, if they play like they did last week, they can win it. But if Richmond play like they did last week, it'll be a blowout because yeah. uh, that's the best game I've seen from Revolt. Yeah. Uh, ever. Yeah, and I feel like it's going to be wet, so that cancels out a lot of the advantage from having a tall team from Adelaide. So I think Richmond mm. will be far too fit. I think it will be probably a five-goal win in a low-scoring game. I think uh, in a match like this, Richmond hassle better than anyone else in the comp. Yeah. And if you've got uh, a wet ball and um, you know wet hands and muddy feet, uh, leg speed is compromised and the skill level drops. Yeah. So the hassle is so much more effective. Yeah. Um, Unless your last name's Rioli, and then this is yeah. I mean, now that you can't pull a, a chucks out and wipe the ball, yeah, um, yeah, I'm on Richmond. Uh, Lions v Carlton. I mean, this game shouldn't be exciting, and it, maybe it won't be, but it could be close. I'm I'm pumped for it, honestly. I, I think uh, I think Lions have too much star power, but I think Carlton have something to prove against a game that. They would have penciled in as an easy win at the start of the season. And they weren't useless last week. Like that showed some good efforts, and you know maybe Charlie can get across the line. But yeah, I mean, based on last week, you got to go to the Lions playing at home. Maybe they'll string a couple together. Interesting, isn't it? Because they could very much uh, do themselves out of a, a top four draft pick if yep. they get too heavy. Yep. But uh, yeah, I'm on the Lions. I think they're going to be too powerful. Yeah. Uh, and then we move to Adelaide over with uh, St KFC versus the Power. Oh, I tell you, you'd love to see the Saints get across the line, but it's going to be tough. Well, they're in form uh, from one week, but I still think uh, yeah. Port is is probably underachieving so far, and I think they're going to going to move into the top four. Yeah, I think it should be pretty easy for Port this one. Yeah, I mean they're sitting fifth, but I can see them finishing a lot higher than that. Yeah, and I think uh, St Kilda. Have... So how far higher do you reckon they're going to finish? Well, um, 
I'm, I'm still uh, I'm still hoping for a minor premiership because I did put a cheeky fiver on it. <laughs> nice. We well, have to after that big call. Yeah, and uh, it will mean getting back a decent amount of cash if they do get up. Nice. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not. They're not paying out on that just yet. Yep. And then we've got the Bulldogs versus the uh, Sean Burgoynes. Sean Burgoynes. Yep. Um, this is tough to me. It's, it's tough. Uh, Eddie had as well. Yeah, uh, which Bulldogs play very well. Yep. Um, means weather won't be a factor or two. Um, I'm, I'm leaning towards the Bulldogs. They've yeah, played two might, very yeah, good hassle games yeah. in a row. I feel like at that stadium too, I feel the Bulldogs might have the edge on this one. And I just feel like the Sean Burgoyne, still missing Sean Burgoyne. Yep. And uh, I think if GWS expose them, the Bulldogs will take advantage of that exposure and they're going to give them a bit of a knock. Yeah, yeah. I think the Bulldogs get across the line. Well, Chip, we're agreeing on everything so far. Um, yep. I think we'll agree on this one too. Melbourne versus Frio. At TIO. Yep. Where the fuck's that? Is that Hobart? Is it down south? Where's TO? No, that's um, TO. Isn't that um, Alice? Oh, yeah. It's two. Yeah. That's a Melbourne play. Yeah. Um, I I can't see the Dockers doing it without Fife, without no. Sandlands. No. Um, even though Melbourne were a bit embarrassed last week, I think they're going to be far, far too strong, this one. Yeah. I'll be surprised if Dockers can get someone to get on the plane and come across and fill in the spots. And then we move on to Sunday, where North take on Suns. Um North will be smarting from the round one loss, which was in a fucking quagmire. Yeah. There is no reason at all why North shouldn't absolutely destroy them. That's it, yep. Which makes me concerned. Yeah, I mean, Spitz, you always find reason to be concerned. I think North will get this one easy. Well, I think look, there's going to be much of a from the if, Suns. Uh, if they don't win by at least five goals, they're probably going lo- not going to make the eight. Yeah, yep. Um, and speaking of deciding the eight, we've got Essendon v Collingwood. Collingwood now without some very, very good midfield yeah. talent. I'm not sure if Floor's still up. No, no, Floor's out. out. He's yeah. out for at least five. It's he pulled tough. A, he thought it was just tightness initially, but yeah. he's pulled the hamstring off the bone, apparently. Shit, Jesus Christ. Or at least, uh, you know... He's a pretty tough bastard to mistake that for tightness. Oh, I, I don't mind giving Trelaw shit, but he can play and he is a bit of a tough bastard. Yeah. Um, I'm on Essendon here. I, yeah. I think the way they've played the last couple of weeks, they can take it up to anyone. And I think uh, Collingwood without Trelaw lose a bit of pace. Yep. And uh, without uh, Thomas as well, I think Dugowie's going to need to have a, a ridiculous game. I'm pretty sure it's going to be rubbish on Sunday as well, mm, possibly. So, yeah, I think that's in a good chance, this one. I think leg speed is going to be uh, all the more important yeah, here. especially having a bit of bench behind you, because, yeah, Collingwood got biggest, you know, the biggest injury list in the AFL at the moment. I think... Yeah, I think uh, I've talked myself into the Bombers in this one. I, think I, mean, I the, like picking either of these teams, to be honest. Yeah, I think uh, Collingwood got the biggest injury list in terms of... Um, Ranking points like yep. uh, the um, yeah, Schick, plays the manner Schick AFL ratings, whatever it is. Yep. So yeah, it's going to be hard for them. But yep. uh, if Essendon want to play finals, they have to win this, and I think that uh, factor, along with the injury list, puts them slightly ahead. Yeah, um, they're um, they're not the favourite, but I think that might change as we get closer to Sunday. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then finishing off the round, we've got the Eagles taking on the Giants over in the West as well. Yeah, over, I, I love this game. It's going to be a, should be a very good game, very hard for contests. Um, Eagles obviously got lots of injuries as well. Seems to be the story of a lot of teams that are fighting for that top eight spot. And Giants coming off like a solid performance against the Hawks. I mean, it's always tough to pick Giants coming across to to the West. But if any game you think the cable knocking them off, it's going to be this one. Well, this is one where I, I could justify either team. Yeah. Um, I am leaning a little bit towards West Coast. Um, 
and I'm not really sure why. I think it's just because it's over in in the Perth. Yeah, I'm going to go for the Giants just so we don't agree on everything. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, and that's what uh, what we'll go with then. Yeah. Well, that's our round, and you know, good luck everyone, and uh, get your bets on early. Yeah, peace. See ya. Every year, one thing is always predictable: postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to eighty nine percent off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over one million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code Program for a four week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code Program.